0: Pizza City is brought to you by Baccio Cheese. Part skim, whole milk, buffalo or cow. Selecting the best cheese for your pie is one of the most important elements to pizza making. Baccio Cheese is an exceptional Italian pizza cheese made with a secret, a kiss of buffalo milk. Made with high quality grade A milk, it reheats beautifully and melts like a dream, stretching and pulling to give you those gorgeous cheese pulls that will be the envy of your Instagram feed. I've been loving the slices that I use. Uh, Slice them pretty thin, but then place them on my deep pan, uh, my recipe that I got from Peter Reinhardt's book, and have been making sort of modified Detroit-style pizzas, but the cheese just melts perfectly. Are they using Baccio at Joe's in Wheeling, an old-school tavern joint in the suburbs? but also at Bocci in the West Loop doing their Roman Altaglio. Bocci has just the right amount of creamy richness you'll find in the best Italian cheeses. And how does cash back sound? You'll get money in your pocket for every pound of cheese you buy with their Boccio Gold Club program. So here's the deal. Schedule a demo to try Boccio cheese today at no cost. Just go to bacciocheese.com/pizza slash PizzaCityUSA. That's bacciocheese.com slash PizzaCityUSA to learn more about your new pizza cheese.
1: came to the expo because I'm an ambassador for the brand Galbani Cheese and I'm doing a demonstration on tavern-style Chicago pizza.
2: came to the expo to see new things and new innovations for restaurants.
0: Because I wanted to find out about the new pizza innovations to help with the labor shortage
3: because we are promoting the greatest tomatoes from Europe, including I Love San Marzano DOP.
4: Well, we have a pizza restaurant in South Bend, Indiana, and we're here to see new items, new product, and we're looking for a particular oven that might help us increase our volume.
0: It's been off for 19 months, and after two delays, the International Pizza Expo is back in action in Las Vegas, Nevada. The story behind this year's Pizza Expo, that story straight ahead.
5: I need a deep dish sausage and a thin pepperoni for here.
0: This is Pizza City, the podcast dedicated to the art, craft, and passion behind some of the world's greatest pizzas. I'm Steve Delinsky, author of Pizza City USA, and founder of Pizza City USA Tours in Chicago. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Pizza City. We are excited to be in Las Vegas this week. Uh, this show was just recorded, gosh, two days ago, uh, because the expo is going on this week here at the Convention Center. Everybody in masks, it is all required now in Clark County in Las Vegas where everybody's wearing a mask. Well, I see a couple of guys over there by the uh, the ovens that aren't wearing masks, but we're all wearing masks mostly. And we are definitely in a reduced uh, kind of an expo this year. I was here uh, three years ago, and it's usually in March when Vegas isn't oppressively hot, but it does feel like the surface of the sun outside today. It's about 110 in the shade. Uh, but, you know, obviously COVID has pushed things back. It was canceled last year, and then they pushed it back this year to the summertime. And you can, it definitely feels a little bit smaller. There's a, a couple of people who pulled out of here. I know King Arthur Flower's is not here. Uh, Bacio Cheese, my people, they're not here. Uh, but a lot of companies have decided, you know, it's just not safe. Um, I actually wrestled with coming out here for a couple of days, but I did want to see what was going on with the state of the industry. Um, boy, I see a lot of plant-based products, more than I expected. Um, I do see that one outlier over there, the Dole pineapple people trying to tell people that pineapple belongs on a pizza. Um, but there's everything here, Pan com- Lloyd Payne's is here, um, a lot of technology companies, I'm standing in front of the San Benito Foods booth with tons of different tomato sauces. Um, it is, there's a fair amount of uh, vendors here, there's buyers, there's exhibitors, um, there's pizza re-owners, I, I talked to a lot of people today on the show um, from various walks of life, uh, pizza box companies, everything related to pizza. So today's kind of a hodgepodge. I, I walked around the floor on day one and talked to a bunch of different people. Um, we begin the show this week by talking to a guy I'm a big fan of, um, Mike Kurtz, the owner of Mike's Hot Honey. We did not talk about his first pizza memory, so I'm breaking with tradition for this week's show. Um, but I did want to talk to Mike about how he got the idea to start his really cool condiment company. So, Mike, I just saw you walk in the floor here. Uh, people know you in the industry, Mike's Hot Honey, sort of the, the condiment right now. Um, how did this idea come about?
2: My parents met in Brazil, and when I was a college student, I was studying Portuguese in Brazil. and I visited a little pizzeria um, in northeastern Brazil that had jars of honey with chili peppers for drizzling on the pizza. So that was the inspiration for the product. Started experimenting with honey chili pepper infusions in my apartment in college. Made it as a hobby for like seven years before it became a, a packaged product. So,
0: Are you surprised to see how popular hot honey has become? As, I mean, it's not just yours, there's lots of other hot honeys now.
2: Yeah, I mean, I never imagined it would... Uh, get this big, to be honest with you. But I knew um, early on, just based on the reactions that, that people had from tasting the product, that, that there was something special about it. So we now have uh, Extra Hot, which is about four times hotter than the original. that's uh, a new product. And
0: you say, is that with like scotch bonnets, or habaneros, or ghost peppers, or Carolina reapers, or?
2: I could tell you, but I'd have to bury you in the desert afterwards, so.
0: Great to see you on the floor here, Mike. Uh, Mike Kurtz from Mike's Hot Honey. Thanks so much, and have a great show. Thanks, Steve. Lots of tech here at the Pizza Expo, all kinds of ways to make pizzas faster, more efficient, uh, better for labor usage. One of the companies here I've noticed called Picnic, food made easy from Seattle. I'm with Clayton Wood, the CEO. Clayton, tell me about uh, your product here. It's quite quite an invention.
6: It is, so Picnic is an automated pizza production system. We can produce, a single person can produce up to 100 pizzas an hour by themselves, or if you add more people, you can add more pizzas. So we start with a freshly prepared dough. We add sauce, cheese, fresh slice, pepperoni, any other toppings you want. system's modular, so you can extend it for more toppings. And we produce a ready-to-cook pizza or a ready-to-package pizza, whatever you want. Highly consistent, high quality. Uh, you choose the ingredients, and uh, we, we feel like we can make as good a pizza as any human, uh, but consistently and at high, high speed. Tell me about the
0: dough. If somebody actually makes the dough and then puts it into the machine?
6: That's right, so we can use any dough, fresh, frozen, par-baked, hand-tossed, irregular shapes. Uh, every pizza we make is customized, size, shape, and toppings.
0: And these robots distribute the cheese, the sauce, and the toppings
6: that are chosen. That's right. You, you load the, the system with your ingredients, and then we, make the, we just assemble the pizza to your recipe, and then each order is unique, and so if a customer wants light or heavy on any ingredients, you can do that. So uh, it's just like a a pizza line, but it's totally automated.
0: Who is this intended for? And by the way, I saw the press release this morning said the range is about $3,500 to $5,000 a month.
6: That's right, yes. Our business model is robotics as a service. So our customers are anybody who makes pizza. So that's restaurants, retailers, stadiums, event centers, uh, airports.
0: Company again is called Picnic. Clayton Woods is CEO. Clayton, thanks for your time. Thanks very much, Steve. walking the floor of the Pizza Expo, not surprised to see my friend Arthur Bovino here, NYC uh, Best Pizza, and the Pizza Cowboy, for
3: those of you who don't know,
0: but now he's with Uni. What happened? Do you go to the dark side? How does this work?
3: (laughs) If the dark side is making sure that your pizza is cooked really nicely in an Uni oven. Um, I'm head of pizza content now at Uni, so I'm helping to uh, talk about their ovens and also to create content to use in the ovens. Head of pizza content.
0: content is such a cool
3: title. I'm not mad about it, I'm not mad about it, yeah. So you, you
0: got the gig because you write so much about pizza, well, mostly in New York, but all over the country, but what do you bring to this
3: role? Not that you have to interview for the job now, but what do you bring to this? I think I bring, you know, having an overview of the pizza scene, uh, knowing a lot of the players, uh, having been writing about pizza now, going back for you know, 10, 15 years. And part of the cool thing about the uni ovens is that they go so high in temperature. You, know, you can go up to 950 degrees, you can have it at 450 or 550, so you can do a whole different range of styles. Um, and you know, we always used to say, as home pizza cooks, listening to the experts, well, we can't make this at home. Like we can't, you know, you, you're not going to be able to get to this temperature because you, you, know, you need 950 degrees. Well, you, you can get to 950 degrees with this. And the other thing that's really cool is that you have the different fuel sources. All right, Chief of Pizza Content for Uni, Arthur Bovino, thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks, Steve. Good to see you.
0: And of course, walking the floor, you're going to see Scott Wiener from Scott's Pizza Tours here. Uh, we're just chatting with Arthur. Scott, uh, you've been coming to this for many years, haven't you? Yeah, I think my first one was 2006. And your advice when you see all the pizza samples is to eat them all.
5: No, Steve, I know, I, I had the same thought first time I came in. It's the opposite, you gotta avoid most of the samples. But the best food is definitely going to be, at least if it's like a slice of pizza, it's gonna be from the companies that are selling you either their flour or an oven. But if they're selling you cheese or meat or tomato, just eat the cheese or the meat or the tomato directly Don't eat them on whatever crust they're selling you because most of the time, it's not what they're putting the effort into.
0: That is sage advice. So um, what does a
5: a tour business leader do at the Pizza
0: Expo? What are you looking for here?
5: I'm always just trying to keep my finger on the pulse of the pizza industry. So in leading the tours, it's kind of my job to be able to explain what's going on in the industry to my guests. And there's no better way than to see here you know, let them know, oh, here's some new products that are happening. Here's what's going on, oven technology. I've seen a lot of plant-based toppings this year too. I just saw two uh, in a row and I'm thinking I'll see a lot more, but that's definitely the first thing I noticed and that I expect, plant-based. Okay, enjoy the show. Scott, good to see you. Amazing as always to see you, Steve.
0: We're going to take a quick break uh, from the Pizza Expo here in Las Vegas. When we come back, we're going to talk to some more people attending the show and finding out why they came to Las Vegas in the middle of another surge of the pandemic. Uh, But we're also going to preview some scenes from our next show coming up in two weeks. So stay with us. As many of you know, I have a pizza tour business in Chicago, and while a lot of our guests love to indulge in the raw, bulk sausage that's pinched and pressed onto our pies before baking, not everyone eats pork. Thank goodness Fontanini has the solution, chicken and beef meatballs. They're always mixed with ricotta and house-grated Romano, along with their blend of herbs and spices. Fontanini only uses select cuts of chicken and beef, offering their customers more choices no matter what their religious or dietary restrictions. This summer, you'll also see them halal certified. So go ahead and throw them on your naan with some tikka masala sauce. Get a free sample of the new chicken and beef meatballs at fontanini.com pizza city, or go to fontanini brand on Instagram and click the link in the bio to let them know you heard about it from pizza city. Now over the Lloyd Pans booth, uh, people, big fans of Detroit style will know this name, uh, but they do lots of other things besides the rectangular pans. I'm with Paul Tiffany here uh, from the company. Paul, have you seen an upsurge or an upswing in demand for those rectangular pans?
4: It started probably four years ago and it just seems to keep growing. There's a huge demand for the product. Originally the pans became unavailable. you know, in that four or five year ago range, we said, hey, we, we should supply that. It's a product that people wanted and not just in the Detroit area, but started becoming more than a regional experience. People wanted it, and they couldn't get it. We said, well, we have the processes and the materials to do that. Let's sell that. It's become a very, very, very popular product. We have the standard 8x10 and 10x14 products, and we can do other sizes if people want them.
0: I was guessing the 10x14 would be more popular, but you said that's a tough one to do in about seven or eight minutes.
4: I think in a high hydration product like the Detroit and where the cheese can seal off the edge, you you have to be careful to go low enough and slow enough, otherwise you can blow a big steam bubble under the pan, under the pie, and it won't brown. So you're never gonna make a five minute Detroit pizza. That's just a limitation. The only way to get around that is to par bake your dough first, then apply toppings and do a finish bake. And that's something a lot of people do as well. Depends on your throughput need. And it also depends on whether you care one way or another about the characteristics of a a par baked dough versus a baked from life. I think of it as it's the best seasoned cast iron you've ever used, but you can use metal tools on it. You can wash it without hurting it and it essentially lasts forever. I have many, many customers that have been using the same, very same products for 10 and 15 years and longer. Paul Tiffany from Lloyd Pans, thanks so much for your time. Thank you very much.
0: As you're walking the floor here, you see lots of ingredients and toppings companies, but I've been seeing a lot of plant-based or dairy-free products. I'm here with uh, Heather Lorman from Dea which is a deliciously dairy-free cheese company, sort of cheese in quotes. Um, Heather, tell me about this company.
7: So we've been around for about 13 years. We're the number one plant-based cheese company, and we're a non-allergen manufacturer. So everything that you try from us is dairy-free, soy-free, nut-free, gluten-free, but not flavor-free. And we have 87 products, whether it is in retail or food service. We have grown drastically from being, you know, small town company up in Vancouver, BC, to having a global footprint.
0: How has the the product changed in 13 years? I would imagine that the what you're using for this dairy-free product is not the same as it was 13 years ago.
7: That's correct. So we have an amazing R&D team, and our goal is to make it that much closer to dairy cheese. For, you know, yes, our vegan community is huge for our consumers, but it's the plant-based explorers, those flexitarians that we're targeting, and they don't want to compromise on taste, texture, meltability. And so our goal is to always innovate to make it that much closer to dairy cheese. And we've gone through quite a few reformulations to make it that much closer for a reason.
0: Can you say what's in it?
7: Yes. So right now, if you buy the cutting board version from the grocery store, that is made from chickpea flour, and that is far superior. Got just a beautiful melt and spreads nicely on a pizza. That's chickpea, coconut oil, and tapioca starch.
0: It's so important to have it look the right way when it comes out of the oven, correct?
7: Yes, 100%. And having that meltability and that browning even. A lot of pizza places like to have that distinct browning layer on top. And it still browns, it oils out just like dairy cheese. It has that nice pull, just like dairy cheese, when you're pulling that slice out and you see those little pizza strands, or the cheese strands. You
0: know, so much of the pizza experience for people is about the, the real cheese with the dairy in it. Um, and this category continues to grow. Um, how much do you, have you seen the impact, or how much have you seen this grow over the last several years?
7: So before COVID, it was 30% of consumers were willing to try plant-based. And now after COVID, we saw that it's about 65% of consumers are willing to try plant-based. And on top of that, one in four are lactose intolerant or have dairy issues. All right,
0: Heather Lorman from Dea, Thanks so
7: much. Thank you so much.
0: You know, you're gonna see different things that relate to pizzas when you're walking the floor of the Pizza Expo. And of course there's a, there are a couple booths actually that deal with packaging, specifically pizza boxes. I had no idea there were so many kinds of pizza boxes, although Scott Wiener probably knows. I'm with Larry Stewart from W Packaging, Colton, California. Uh, has there been, have there been a lot of changes, Larry, in, in how pizzas can be boxed over the years? Is, is there such a thing as advancement in technology?
8: Uh, absolutely. The original pizza box started as a real thin paper, what they call a chipboard box. It was uh, what, what you used to call drive-in movie pizza. And then it kind of evolved into uh, corrugated, like cardboard. And then there was just uh, thicker, thicker types of cardboard. And they just kept evolving into figuring out what worked. Was it thinner? Was it thicker? And what would maintain the heat? They would started creating like uh, vent holes in uh, in the boxes to make sure that uh, you know the heat would, could escape and not steam up the box and the paper because, as we know, moisture and paper just don't get along.
0: That's one of the most important things, right?
8: Having that venting, I would think, is crucial, so you don't steam your crust. Absolutely, because you don't want that. You just don't want that to get all soft and mushy. Everybody wants their crust crispy, and that's why we do things like now they've got these liners that will actually help make your box or your pizza a lot crispier. What, what, what you mean a liner like underneath the pie? It's underneath the pie, yeah. It's like a rippled sheet liner.
0: Those are good for air circulation and airflow, right? To keep the, the bottom like elevated a little bit, so it's not sitting flush on the bottom of a box.
8: Absolutely correct, and it, it gives you a it's a place to catch kind of the overrun of moisture because, as we know, vegetables uh, create moisture, and there's a little bit of grease that would fall through. So it kind of keeps that off and puts air underneath just like you're talking about. I
0: feel like I'm in a bookstore here looking at all these, the packaging you've got here. I mean, obviously there's different artwork, but the sizes and the shapes, I'm so surprised. I figured it was all like I don't know, 12, 14, 16, 18 inch.
8: No, we do any shape, any size. We do like, there's a 25 by eight size box over there. We do everything for the Roman pizzas. We do any shape, any size from the standpoint, over 10,000 custom prints in the country. We're known for printing. It's people are more creative today. They really want to catch the eye. The pizza box is your marketing. That's your calling card when that pizza gets to the door. In
0: some cases, if you're crazy guys in New York, you collect the boxes to keep them for later.
8: Uh, you would if you're a, if you're Scott Wiener. You would uh, you would absolutely collect pizza boxes. I love Scott. Uh, he's been collecting boxes for years. Uh, he's just got to move out of his parents' basement, and everything will be okay. <laughs>
0: uh larry stewart from whalen packaging thanks so much thank you of course you're walking the floor you're going to run into pizza makers and i was just over here at the uh, great tomatoes from uh, europe the san marzano dop people and i saw vince vitale from vince and joe's gourmet Trump market in clinton township michigan i asked vince how far is that from like detroit he's like 20 miles north i'm like Oh, is that like St. Clair Shores or like Sterling Heights or like the birthplace of Detroit style? And then he's like, "Well, no, we don't even really do that style. What kind of style do you, do you guys make at your pizza place?"
1: Well, we do more of an Italian style thin crust pizza, very traditional, light on the sauce, very not overwhelming, a very light pizza. When you can almost, you know, a single person could eat half a pizza, no problem. Very delicate on the stomach. That is not the style of pizza that we
0: associate with Detroit. Just like people want to think of Chicago, don't think of tavern style thin and
1: crispy to think of deep dish. Is that a hurdle for you? Uh, no, not necessarily. Uh, Severo, actually Severo Amadeo, he's one of my uh, specialists at my store. He operated a Sorrentos Pizza in the area for 20 years. He's very experienced. He can kind of fill you in a little bit what we're doing now and uh, and what he used to do and see in the area as well.
4: Primarily what what I'm accustomed to is what you call a thin pizza,
8: but not the cracker thin, and um, you know, and pan pizzas, square, round, a little thicker, made in a brick
0: oven, very tasty. So you're talking about with like a little bit of a raised heel, you could fold the slice in half. Always mostly wedge cut. Yes, mostly wedge cut. Yep.
5: Unless it was a square, we would cut them in squares. What
1: are you guys here? What are you trying to accomplish here at the expo? Just get new ideas, see what's coming to market, make some good connections. Always just seeing what's new and creative and what could help our customers with a new experience, something new. Just always wanting to learn, educate ourselves to become a greater company with better pizza. You're looking around here, I'm guessing you're tasting toppings, you're tasting cheese. You're obviously here at a a sauce
0: booth. Um, Does it get overwhelming? Like You can't really spit like at a wine tasting.
1: No, yes it does. And it's obviously with COVID restrictions right now, things are limited and what could be tasted. So right now, as much as we'd like to taste stuff, our best option is gather as much information when we get back to our stores, we'll research and find what products we really feel will be the best quality for making pizzas and work in our stores.
0: The store again is called Vince and Joe's Gourmet Market in Clinton Township, Michigan. Vince Vitale and Severo, thanks so much, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. I will say I spent probably a day and a half walking the, the floor, days one and two, and um, I, I covered pretty much everything I needed to cover. So not as big as I thought it was going to be like, as it was three years ago. Hopefully next year uh, they can come back uh, in full strength. But uh, really it was fun to meet some people. You know, guys, I guys I've talked to on Instagram and getting to see them in person and getting to talk to people from cheese makers and ask them questions. That's really why you come here. Make the connections, see what's going on in the industry um, and support one another. All right, coming up in two weeks, I get to sit down with the OG, the guy who originally started writing about pizzas in New York City as a vocation. A New York slice, the first thing I'm
8: gonna look for is how well cooked is the cheese. I think she's done this as a personal preference, but I like it when it's melted and has like little mottled bits of browning on it, you know, for anywhere from a dark brown to almost a black. I love. I think on a Neapolitan pizza that would be a defect, it would be overdone and burn.
0: Adam Kuban takes some time to have a pizza with me. Over at SCARS on the Lower East Side of New York City. That show in two weeks on September 3rd. Remember to subscribe to the show. Please rate us if you can on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We are at Pizza City USA on Instagram. Bureaucratic wrote and performed our theme song and want to wish you all, as always, an optimal bite ratio. Stay safe, everybody.